The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We started talking about what we are sharing on, on Easter Sunday, first Sunday of this month. And the message is very simple, because Jesus is risen, we also shall rise. Hallelujah. First of all, we have been risen with him. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And because of that resurrection power in any and every aspect of our lives, we can experience an elevation. We can rise. Praise God. And specifically, starting this Sunday and the next two Sundays, we are looking at rising financially. This is a series we run. I think this is about the fourth or the fifth time we are running Fixing Financial Challenges. Our world is besieged with financial difficulties. Most people on the face of the earth today are still suffering under the curse of poverty. And it's important to understand that poverty is a curse. It's one of the causes that came on mankind because of the sin of Adam. The sin of Adam. This thing goes back as, it goes as far back as Genesis, the Garden of Eden. When Adam sinned, a curse came upon humanity. Sin itself came upon humanity to start dominating human beings. But then sin had consequences, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, insufficiency. And the list goes on and on. But over 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came, glory be to God, he dealt a blow against sin and totally obliterated sin and its power in the lives of anyone and everyone that will believe. Anyone and everyone that will believe does not have to suffer under the bondage or the curse or the consequences of sin any longer. Now, the sad part is, unfortunately, there are still many of those that believe in Jesus that are still suffering. And this is where we are, we are trying to, well, this is what we are trying to address in this series of teachings. How can I begin to enjoy the benefits of my redemption to the point where I am satisfied? That's what we are looking at. Glory be to God. And specifically for the next three Sundays, starting now, financially. Some people don't understand or believe or act on the reality that the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross wasn't just to cleanse and forgive us from our sin so that we can go to heaven. That is included. That is primary. But it also includes freedom from all kinds of financial bondage. So that while you are still here on earth, before you die and go to heaven, you will not be suffering from poverty. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Regardless of the economy you are living in, regardless of the economic conditions in the times you are living in, and how you can enjoy that to a point of satisfaction is what we are discussing. Is anybody interested? Let me tell your neighbor, I'm interested. I don't know about you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we've themed these teachings, taking control of your wealth and riches. And specifically, we are talking about your inheritance in Christ. Let's start from Luke 4, 18. This morning. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus read this text to them. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me because he has anointed me. And the first thing he said, he, he went through a laundry list. He was actually reading from Isaiah 61, from verses 1 to 7. If you are not familiar with that text, write it down when you get home, go and study it. And make sure you know it and believe it for yourself. Because Jesus did not read the entire text. He only read it halfway. He read from Isaiah 61, and the first thing he said was that the Spirit of the Lord is going to preach the gospel to the poor. 
If you read on, set me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He listed a lot of problems people had, and he said, I am the fix. And that's our standing in this series of teachings. There is a fix to every poverty. There is a fix to every financial challenge. By fix, I mean solution. Hallelujah. And there is a fixer. So even if you don't know the fix, I'm glad to tell you Jesus knows the answer. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? The spirit of the Lord is upon me to fix the problems of the poor. To fix the problems of the brokenhearted. To fix the problems of those that are in prison. Glory be to God. And in verse 21, I love it. The Bible said he began to say to them. That phrase is interesting. They, they, they hacked him. They didn't allow him to finish what he wanted to say. In fact, the Bible said they wanted to throw him off the cliff and kill him. So the Bible said he began to say to them. Some people hack the pastor or the preacher. What do I mean by hack? It's for those of you that are not tech savvy. They override what you are saying. They argue with what you are saying. Ah, that's not true. If it was so, do this, do that. He began to say to them, watch what he began to say to them. Today, hallelujah, is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing? Again, he was reading Isaiah 63. I mean, Isaiah 61. Isaiah had lived hundreds of years and died before Jesus came. It was a prophecy. And Jesus came and said, I am the fulfillment of the prophecy. Poor man, you don't have to be poor anymore. Sick man, you don't have to be sick anymore. Prisoner, you don't have to be imprisoned anymore. And he wasn't just talking to people in Kirikiri. There are people that are in church on a Sunday morning, they're imprisoned inside their body. Imprisoned inside their mind. Imprisoned inside their marriage. No freedom. But thank God, today, I said today, you know the beautiful thing about today? Today updates itself every day. So today was today, 2,000 years ago when Jesus preached. And I'm glad to announce to somebody here in 2018, on this 15th day of April, today is still today. And I pronounce over somebody here, like Jesus pronounced over them, today is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. Today. Glory be to God. So this is not a matter of something you can start enjoying when you die and go to heaven. Bless God, there are certain things that are reserved for you to start enjoying when you die and go to heaven. But bless God also, there are certain things that are available today. You don't have to be broke another day in your life. Can I hear loud? Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Say with me, there's a fix and there's a fixer. Notice the first thing he said the anointing upon him is for is to solve financial problems. Now, some people will argue that, oh, Jesus was only speaking spiritually. And they have a point. When we say fixing financial challenges, we are not saying I'm going to give everybody one million dollars. How many of you know that your financial problems will be fixed if I give you a million dollars? Talk to me, somebody. Anybody interested? <laughs> Glory be to God. Imagine what will happen. If our special guest of honor in the service today was Bill Gates or Aliko Dangote, and after Pastor BC and HOP sang, you know, said, Pastor, excuse me, I was so blessed, and the Spirit of God moved upon me, and the Lord is telling me, everybody that came into service, those of you by live stream, you're not included in this, only those that are here, God has told me to give all of you one million dollars, USD each. How many of you will shout hallelujah to that? See? Can you imagine? Some people still don't believe. <laughs> I mean, my hallelujah will be the loudest. And I will tell you why. By the time all of you pay your tithe on one million dollars. Hey, come on. <laughs> what are you talking? <laughs> Ministry has gone to another level. So when they say that, ah, he was only speaking spiritually, there's a point. God is not going to give you money. For, I'm not giving anybody money in this service. That's not how I'm going to fix the problem. And that's why some people struggle with these things. Well, let's go on here. There's a fix. Somebody say that with me. There's a fix. And there's a fixer. The, the first thing I need to understand is that there is an anointing. There's an anointing on Christ. 
and that anointing was unleashed on the entire world when Jesus died on Calvary's cross. When Jesus was in his physical body on the earth, only the people that were directly accessible to his ministry could enjoy the anointing. So you see him feeding the 5,000. The first miracle, I'm going to get into that in this sermon if time allows me. He provided for them in that wedding at Cana of Galilee. One of the outstanding miracles Jesus kept doing. All those things he mentioned in Luke 4, 18 and 19. We saw it displayed in his earthly ministry. He wasn't just someone that helped people overcome their sin. He would tell people, your sin is forgiven you. And he delivered many people from the bondage of sin. From prostitutes to people that the Bible didn't bother recording to us the sin they committed. Jesus just told them, go and sin no more. And the power of over the power sin had over them was broken forever. Many of them they were sick. When he healed the madman of Gadara, go and see no more. When he healed the paralytic man in that place, when he was speaking his house, go and see no more. So he had an anointing to break the yoke of sin. But not only that, he also provided for people materially, physically, financially, by that same anointing. Jesus did not start a company. Jesus did not introduce um, a, a new technology. He just preached by the anointing. Hallelujah. And when you come to church and we tell you fixing financial challenges, that's what you should look for. All I have available for anybody and everybody today is the anointing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all. I'm preaching under the anointing. I'm teaching under the anointing. I'm instructing under the anointing. And I can tell you, anyone that will receive what I'm saying and the anointing backing it up, you will never be broken under day in your life. Today is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. The anointing. Apostle Paul came. Second Corinthians chapter 6, talking about his ministry. Listen to what he said from verse 1. Verse 1, we then as workers together with him. I told you that last Sunday. God is building the church. We are laboring with him. After the service today, we are going to be having a stewardship and leadership meeting. We invite you to join us. We walk with him. God is not going to come down to preach the sermon. That's what he did in Luke chapter 4. He's never going to do it again. God is not going to come down to anoint anybody. He's going to use Pastor T. So people better get to learn to receive from Pastor T when God is releasing an anointing. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? We are workers together with him. And look at what he said. We also plead with you, very, very important, not to receive the grace of God in vain. Sometimes last year we ran a series of this, on this. Receiving the grace of God in vain. And that's the, that goes to the heart of what we are talking. Christian people that have received Jesus, that believe in the cross of Jesus, that believe in the blood of Jesus, but are still struggling financially. That is the classic definition of receiving in vain. That means you have received the grace. You see, he didn't say that you should receive the grace. There are those that have not received the grace. Those are the unbelievers. You and I have received the grace. When he says don't receive the grace in vain, he's telling you, don't receive the grace without the benefits of the grace. Receive the grace, receive the blood. I love the line in that song. The blood will never lose its power for me. The blood has the power to wipe out poverty from my life. Hallelujah. And it will never lose that power. Receiving the grace in vain is receiving the grace, receiving the blood, but then you're still broke. That means the blood hasn't affected its power yet in your life. Even though you have received it. Somebody shout, not me forever. Verse 2. For God says, in an acceptable time, I have had you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now. Somebody shout now. now. If you don't understand today, I believe you should understand now. Maybe today is even too long for somebody. You know, today is 24 hours. Now is this very moment. Can I hear somebody shout now? I can't hear you. Shout now. now. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now. Glory be to God. And then he went on, if you read from that verse 1 all the way to verse 10, talking about his experiences in ministry and how they go about the ministry. And he said several things. We won't have time to study it. If you went get home, you can read it. 2 Corinthians 6 from verse 1 to 10. But look at verse 10. Jump to verse 10 with me. He said some very powerful things in verse 10. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. 
What did it mean? In our ministry, there are many challenges. Imprisonment today, flogging tomorrow. But even with all those negative things happening, we are always rejoicing. And then he said, as poor, yet making many rich. Hallelujah. As poor, I don't have a company. I don't have any business per se. I don't have any mega billions stocked up somewhere. So the world can look at me as a poor person. But yet, as I go about this ministry of co-laboring with Jesus, there is a grace, there is an anointing, there is a power on my life that makes many rich. Let me hear somebody shout, I'm included in that many. Amazing. That's how we serve God. Do you know how many millionaires have been raised in King's Word since our 20 years? I was thinking about that yesterday. Then God reminded me something he told me last year as we were praying for our 20th anniversary, in fact, the year before. He said, the same way I took you from zero and I made many of you millionaires. Do you know that from that, your millionaire status, I can take you from that place and make you billionaires? In fact, the journey from zero to millions, because when we started, it was zero. Everybody starts at zero. King's World started at zero. There was a time in this ministry there was not one millionaire. There was a time in this ministry not one person could give a check of a millionaire. Now, several people can do that. Let me hear somebody shout, I'm included in that many. And God now said, I can take you from your millionaire status to the next level. In fact, he said, if I repeat what I've done in the last 20 years again, you will be there. And then he told me, it takes no faith for you to believe that I can repeat what I've already done. When I was challenging me, start believing me for bigger things. Amazing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing. See, that's how the anointing feels to the carnal mind. It's nothing. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't, you can't handle it. Nothing. That's how the word of God is. Nothing. But yet, possessing all things. If you will receive what I'm preaching. And the anointing behind it. You will not only be rich, you will be a possessor of things. Glory to God. Let me hear somebody shout, I am a hearer, a hearer. not a hacker. Say with me, I don't hack my pastor. I receive the words he teaches. I hack him. No, that one is H-E-A-R-K-E-N. I don't hack him. H-A-C-K-E-N. Don't override the pastor. Bishop Brumer was talking to us about that at Supernatural. Let me show you another text here. What we are doing here. And what I just want to do is to lay foundation today. We have three weeks. First Corinthians chapter 1. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4. I thank my God always for you for the grace of God. So what we are giving, if anything, is the grace of God or the anointing of God. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to anyone that has financial challenges. Anyone that has financial challenges. I thank my God always concerning the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. Verse 5, fasten your seatbelts. That by that grace you are enriched in everything. Glory be to God. Does that sound good to somebody this morning? Enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge. Ah, somebody said, you see, pastor, he's talking about just utterance and knowledge. He's not talking about anything. Look, my friend. If your utterance is enriched, when you make a speech, they will give you one million naira. If your knowledge is enriched, you will make Facebook. They will give you one billion dollars. Stop talking nonsense. Enriched is enriched. In any way it comes, spiritually, physically, naturally, at the end of the day, you will be what? Enriched. By the grace of God. Said the grace of God enriches you. And before he mentioned utterance and knowledge, look at the first one. In everything. If you don't want to believe, say you don't want to believe. Stop trying to confuse us. <laughs> Enriched in everything. That includes material and financial things, which is our focus. Now, the blessing of God, the grace of God is not just for material and financial things, but bless God, it can help us fix our material and financial challenges so that we will never be hungry again, 
so that we will never be naked again. So that when we want to go to school, we can go to school. So that when we have big budget things like our rent to pay for, we can pay them. And so that when we are in debt, we can pay the debt. Someone was sharing an amazing testimony with me Friday night. How by the end of last year, challenges here and there, she was indebted. In fact, I had called her a couple of times to address the matter. Then I called somebody that I knew was very close to her that talked to her very well. I don't know whether she knew that anyway. That's some of the things I'm hearing, I'm not happy. She said the first quarter of this year was the bump. That God helped her so much. She made more money than she made last year. Tens of millions of naira. She said she has paid off all her debts. Hallelujah. I love this part best. She said when I sleep, pastor, I sleep well now. When you're in debt, you can't sleep well. EFCC, maybe you may be the next name on EFCC tomorrow morning. She said people are telling me now that I'm gaining weight. You will gain weight when you are paid off your debts. And I bless God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ can help us in that area. So even when our government cannot help us, or our economy has failed, or the world has failed us, thank God the blood will never lose its power for us. We can shout hallelujah. It has won for me. When everything else fails in the natural, thank God the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will never fail. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ will never fail. Hallelujah. Our challenges can be fixed. Glory be to God. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace. The solution is in the grace. The solution is in the anointing. The solution is through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. The solution is in our redemption. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Is anybody interested? I didn't hear you. I said, is anybody interested? That through his poverty, through his sacrifice on the cross, see, that thing is on two levels. Number one, Jesus left his glory in heaven and he came down to our level as human beings. That's one way he became poor for us. Then when he came as a human being, he now suffered and died for us on the cross. That's how he became poor for us. And there is a benefit to his sacrifice. That's what we are talking about. If you believe in Jesus, if you believe in the cross, if you believe in the blood that was shed, one obvious, clearly stated benefit in the scripture is that you will be made rich. Hallelujah. So back to my three statements. How market? If through his blood I should be made rich, how market? Why is my life like this? Why am I rich at this level? Why can't I be richer? Then examine yourself. Man, if you can live life under the microscope of those three things and not get condemned, just try to take advantage, you'll be shocked that you'll be enjoying more and more of the benefits. Praise God. Let me quickly address some things here. A lot of people have problems with, they call this thing I'm talking about the prosperity gospel. I actually like that name. I think just like we need the holiness gospel, may none of us be living under the bondage of sin again. May we live righteous and holy lives. Just like we need the healing gospel, may none of us lift under the burden of sickness and disease again. May we live healed and whole. We also need the prosperity gospel. But I say it to make fun that it's like, the, let me just mention three things I've had people say. Number one, uh, everybody cannot be a millionaire and a billionaire. And you know when people argue like that, there's usually an element of truth to what we are saying. Yes, Jesus did not say that everybody will be a millionaire and a billionaire. And that's not the purpose of what we are teaching. What we are saying is that through the sacrifice of Jesus, you don't have to be poor. That means your needs will be met. You don't have to be a millionaire for your needs to be met. So if you don't need to be a millionaire for your needs to be met, and your bills will be fine. Now, if after that you now want to be a millionaire, you are ready to do the work to be a millionaire, the grace is also there to help you. I don't particularly want to be a millionaire, per se. I will tell you the truth. I don't. 
But clearly when you're talking millionaires in dollars, it's too much work to distract me. I found my calling. I want to pastor the world number one churches in the world. That's all I want to do. That, that's where my own heart is. My heart is not in money. Someone like Foster is only maybe to unless because he's an entrepreneur. So he may be interested. Not interested. Many times Pastor India asked me that I, I should keep records of. I don't know. I don't have that time. I don't look at the records of church money anymore. That's Dick Nadega's job now. And the people in the management groups. Then apart from the money, the people. Hey! Because if you're a billionaire, you have to manage people. The people. Money is small, oh, people. <laughs> Money doesn't have mood. Money doesn't have opinion. People. Hey. I'm not interested. Let me just preach my gospel. And go. So we're not saying everybody must be a millionaire. We're saying you don't have to be hungry anymore because Jesus died. You don't have to be naked anymore because Jesus died. We are saying when you want to go to school, God has provided money for you to go to school. When you are in debt, God has made a way for you for that burden to be lifted and that yoke to be destroyed. Praise God. You hear things like this. Eh, you sort of, one guy actually said that if Nigeria should shut down all our churches or shut down some of our churches and build factories, it would be better. No, you are talking rubbish. You are talking rubbish. That's not the way we are going to solve this problem. We are going to solve it by preaching Christ crucified. And for all, let me tell you, this, this preaching will create the factories. I'm not going to shut down the churches. In fact, we're going to plant more churches. Kings World this year, this church, we are planting, by God's grace, two new churches this year. More churches. Glory be to God. Then let the entrepreneurs in our churches. That's why we are starting what we are doing. You go and start the factory. Imagine me now trying to look at factory design. Then compromise the anointing. No, that's not my job. My own is to preach. Let the entrepreneurs go and do the factories. So we are not saying that people should ignore natural laws. You have to work. We are not saying you should not work. But we are saying beyond the labor, there's a favor. Hallelujah. And you have to learn to operate in that favor. You hear things like, instead of telling people to go and walk, you are preaching. Yeah, we preach Christ crucified. Because the solution ultimately is on the cross. And we are not telling people not to walk. When they get to the office places, their managers will teach them how to do their work. Imagine me now coming to teach you how to balance accounts on a Sunday morning. Hey! Because I'm an accountant. And because I think if you know how to balance accounts, you can get a good job and they will pay you. Hey! What other nonsense is that? At the price of the anointing. No. Let the pastor give you the anointing. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. And let your managers in the work teach you how to balance accounts. Or let the peer groups in church, you can lend that one there. I think we are calling parachurch ministries. Let us stay with prayer and the ministry of the word. Praise God. You have an inheritance. Let's get into it now this morning. You have every child of God by new birth is a wealthy person. And what we are here to teach you it's how you can take control of your wealth and riches. Just like Nigeria is a wealthy nation, but is struggling economically and financially because we don't have the right people controlling our resources. The same way, many Christians that are children of God are suffering economically and financially because they have not learned to take control of their wealth and riches. I guess a good place to start is to even convince somebody that may not yet be convinced that you have wealth and riches. Revelations 5.12. Worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. We are talking about the benefits of redemption. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches. That is it there. On your behalf. He received riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. The most obvious there is riches concerning what we are talking about today. But really and truly, all of them can affect your wealth. Have you heard them make a statement like money is power? And if you have power, you can get money. Talk to me, somebody. Do you understand that wisdom can bring wealth? 
mean, if you are wise, you can create a device. You can create a social platform like Facebook. You will be wealthy. Strength. If you have financial muscle, do you know you will be better off? Honor. When you have wealth, that you are, people respect you. That's why we can quote a dangote on a Sunday morning and he's not a Christian. No. But everybody in Africa will respect that name forever. Honor. Glory. The heavy weightedness of God. And blessing. In a way, all those things have to do with wealth. But even if you don't believe them, you can't remove that riches is in the list. Can I hear a loud amen? Let me hear someone say, Jesus, receive riches for me. I can't hear you. Say, Jesus, receive riches for me. Through his blood. And that blood will never lose its power for me. From today, I will be taking better control, greater control of those riches. How far can you go, Pastor? As far as you need to go till you are satisfied. When you become a millionaire in dollars, if you are not satisfied, continue. When you become a, million, a billionaire in dollars, as I continue, there's no limit to what Jesus obtained for you if you know how to take control. Tap your neighbor and say, take control, take control. You have wealth and you have riches through the inheritance you have in Christ. Psalm 112, verses 1 to 3. Psalm 112, praise the Lord. Thank you for the two people that are still listening to me. Praise the Lord. And the rest of you that have joined us. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments, and watch the blessings. His descendants shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3, I will emphasize this morning. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Not that when he becomes rich, he now stops coming to church. Glory be to God. Wealth and riches in the house. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you fear the Lord? Talk to me, somebody. I mean, you're on church on a Sunday morning. At least that shows that you have small respect. Fear there means respect God. You let, there are some people that don't respect God. They won't come to church. They don't even believe there's God. So, obviously, on a Sunday morning, you, you have some respect for God. My question is, why are we not seeing the benefits? One benefit of respecting God is that wealth and riches should be in your house. Can I hear a loud amen? That's what we are here to learn. How can I take control? Because, because I fear God, it tells me clearly, my children will be blessed. Children will not be wayward. That's a benefit as well. Because of my walk with God, it will be well with my children. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. But not only that, wealth and riches will be in my house. You have riches. You may just not know it, or you may not know how to take control of it. But that you have it all is clearly stated in the Bible. You have it because it's an inheritance. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. If you are still here, shout a loud hallelujah. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit from verse 16. That we are children of God. Amazing. How many children of God are in the house? Wave your hand at me. You are. Beautiful. Watch what it tells you you have as a child of God. And if we are children, then we are heirs. So you are not just a child. You have an inheritance. Many of you know my mom passed on um, sometime last year. She left an inheritance for me and my brothers. This money that I collect, you start, and she told us what she wants us to be doing with it. At least part of it. You get the inheritance when the person that gave you the wealth dies, not when you die. So I got those things, my brothers and I, when my mom passed on. You got these things when Jesus died on Calvary's tree. Waiting till you get to heaven is a waste of your time. You don't enjoy inheritance after you die. You don't enjoy inheritance after you die. You enjoy inheritance after your father dies. You better wake up and start enjoying these things, though, if you are not enjoying them. To the point where you are satisfied. The one my mother left me is limited. The one Jesus left me is unlimited. I can enjoy it to the full. The more control I know, or the more I now take control, the more I can enjoy it. Hallelujah. 
If children, we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Amazing. In other words, as Christ has it, so you have it. Not co-heirs, joint heirs. 100% like Jesus has it. I don't have a fraction of the inheritance. I have all of it. I'm a joint heir. Not that I have 5% and Jesus has 95%. Mm -hmm. That's not how they share this inheritance. 100%. It's a supernatural inheritance. Glory be to God. What is the scope of the inheritance? Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those that dwell in it. Help me ask somebody, what is your inheritance? Ask the person, what is your inheritance? Tell the person, the whole world. The earth is the Lord's and you are the heir of the Lord. Can I hear a loud amen? If you don't understand that still, Romans 4.13, look at what the Bible says. talking about Abraham. For the promise that he will be heir of the world. The promise that it will be heir. God, that's what God told Abraham. Through you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And the Bible tells us in Romans 4.13, that means he will be the heir of the world. For the promise that he will be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed. Through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Amazing. So the promise was not just to Abraham, it was to the seed of Abraham. And look at what Galatians 3.29 tells you. If you are Christ, if you are in Christ, if you are a child of God, you are Abraham's seed. And in case you are still in doubt about what he's saying, look at the next sentence. And heirs, according to the promise, heirs of what? Heirs of the entire world. You are rich, oh. You are loaded. By inheritance, wealth and riches have been laid up for you. Oh, praise God. My question is, why is your life like this? And I'm not saying that to spite you. I'm telling you that if Jesus has made this available, why are you not enjoying it? If you are not satisfied, if you are satisfied, that's fine. If you are not satisfied, you should ask yourself why. And God will begin to show you why. Praise God. Beyond the fact that we are heirs of the world, the Bible went further. Philippians 4.19. Not only are we heirs of the world, that is clearly stated in Psalm 24.1 and the scripture I just read to you. Philippians 4.19. And it's not a 419 scripture, it's a holy scripture. My God shall supply all your needs according, look at the scope of your inheritance, to his riches in glory. So it's not just the world, the riches beyond this world. Riches in glory. We may be able to quantify the riches of the world if we add up how um, rich all the nations of the earth are today. But we can't quantify the riches of God in glory. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.16. So, and watch this. When you read scriptures like this, you see that this thing is not just limited to material and financial things. 419 Philippians talks about material and financial things. Supply all your need. If you read it in context, we're talking about natural, physical, financial things. Ephesians 3 says something else. He would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. So this is not just limited to natural, I mean material, physical things. Strengthened with might. That can be physical. It can also be financial, it can be intellectual, it can be spiritual strength. Glory be to God. Ephesians 1.18 talks about the riches of the glory of God's inheritance in the saints. That's what we are talking about. You have riches in this world and beyond this world. Let me hear somebody shout riches in glory. I can't hear you shout riches in glory. The loudest you can, shout riches in glory. You need to settle that. Once you have that settled, we can continue. Because what I really want to teach you is how you can gain control in ever-increasing measure. And you get to a point where you are enjoying these riches satisfactorily. Not that you have a bill to pay and you don't know how to pay it. No. Not that you want to build a house. You can't afford to build a house. No. Or you want to buy a house. No. These riches can supply all your need. Can I hear a loud amen? Hallelujah. 
So let's talk about the believer's control. The believer's control for his wealth and riches. How can I? Because this is the reason why you're not enjoying it, if you're not controlling it. That's the focus of our teaching, taking control of your wealth and riches. We can see that by inheritance, how many children of God are in the house again? Wave your hand at me. By inheritance, we have wealth and riches. Okay, let's take control of it. Now, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 is very instructive at this point. Now I say, the heir, how many heirs of God are in the house? Wave your hand. The heir, as long as he remains a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, though he be the master of all. But is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed for the, of the father. Appointed by the father. What is he telling you? Even though you are an heir, if you will not mature, grow up spiritually in certain things, the father will not allow you take control of the riches as you should have it. Any heir does that. I mean, any father does that to his children. You don't give the keys of a Lamborghini to a five-year-old. You don't. You don't give a billion dollars to a ten-year-old. He doesn't know what to do with it. So what you do, you keep it in a trust. When you grow up, when you are more mature, you can now begin to enjoy it. When you can control it, rather than it controlling you. Are you with me this morning? Let me give you another analogy. Everybody here knows how a car operates. And you know that there are different parts of the car. But can you understand that you don't have to know and control every part of the car for you to be able to operate a car. You don't have to know how to control the engine, for example. You don't have to know how to control the batteries, for example. You don't have to know how to control the exhaust, for example. If you can, number one, handle the steering of a car. Number two, handle the pedals of a car, the accelerator and the brake. And number three, handle the gear of a car. You can move that car anywhere you want to move it to. Are you with me this morning? Do you get that? You may not know how to explain the mechanics of an engine. You may, not know, you may not know certain things, but those three controls, the steering, if you can press the accelerator, imagine a two-year-old child, they start the engine and he's pressing the accelerator on the, with his leg, is under the bonnet, and no con he will crash the car. Am I right or am I right? If you can, you, you carry a two-year-old child, he can touch the steering, you know, but he can't press the pedal, the car will not move. Imagine the engine is running, you are pressing the accelerator, and you are steering, but you are not changing the gear. It's on neutral. The car will not move. That's what controls are. Controls. If you have control of the steering of a car, I mean, God told me to tell you this. I'm going to give you three spiritual controls that you should mature in as an heir. Just three to start with. If you are in control of these three things spiritually, man, your money, will, your wealth and riches will be flowing in your life. But if you are not, if you are not in control of any of them, just like someone that is not in control of the steering, you, you can't drive that car. Or if you are riding it, you will soon crash. Because when it's time to bend, you will just go off the cliff. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Or you have the steering, all right. Some people have, you see, I'm giving you three controls. Some people have one, but they lack the other two. You have the steering, but you, you are not controlling the pedals. And you know there are two pedals. Now, if it's an old school car, there are three. But I'm assuming you are 21st century compliant people. So let's leave the 20th century people behind. <laughs> Amen. Pedals. The pedals tell you when to move, when to stop. Then, thirdly, the third major control you need for a car is the engine. All things being equal... Anybody that can control those three things well can move any car from point A to point B. If you understand what I'm saying, shout aloud, hallelujah. hallelujah. Psalm 45. I love what David said here. Let, let's read this psalm, and I'm beginning to close. Psalm 45, verse 1. Particularly since we are talking about cars this morning. Praise God. David said, my heart is indicting a good matter. It was a poem to Jesus the Christ. It was one of the prophetic psalms of David. 
and you know we are in Christ. So all the prophetic Psalms, not only are they referring to Jesus in a way, they are referring to us as well. We are the heirs of these things. My heart, Psalm 45 verse 1, is overflowing with a good theme. This prosperity gospel is a good theme. You will see it in a minute. It's a good theme. My heart is overflowing with it. I recite my composition concerning the king, talking about Jesus. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Verse 2, you are fairer than the sons of men. So you see, he's talking about Jesus. Grace, we are back to grace again, is poured out upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Somebody shout, is forever glorified. And we are forever blessed. Shout that forever like you understand what we are saying. Forever. These things are forever. Not that we are rich in 2018 and we are broke in 2020. No. That can happen in America, but not in the kingdom of God. His kingdom is unmovable. Forever. Verse 3. Guard your sword upon your thigh, almighty one. This is what you and I are to do. It's what Jesus is to do, or it's what Jesus did. It's what you are to do. You are supposed to take the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Word, the anointing, the grace of God, on your thigh. You, you, you hold it. These, things are, these three controls I'm going to give you. Guard your sword upon your thigh, almighty one. O heir of God, O rich child of God, take control with your glory and your majesty. Verse 4, and in your majesty, ride prosperously. Ride prosperously. Take control of the steering. Take control of the gear. Take control of the pedals. And ride your inheritance to wherever you want it to ride it to. Ride prosperously. Because of truth. And what I'm preaching to you is the truth. Humility. You better receive it humbly. Don't hack me. Hear what I'm saying. Because I'm speaking from the word of God. And righteousness. You are that righteousness already. You're already an heir. You're already a child of God. You need to ride your prosperity. Like a car. You don't have to know everything, oh, to start. And you will never, ever know certain things. I will never know how to run an engine. I'm not a mechanic. And I don't need to know how to run an engine. I don't need to understand the mechanics or the science of how an engine works. Just give me the steering of the car. And teach me how to steer, left and right. And when to steer. Give me the gear. And give me the pedals. I can drive my car anywhere I want to go. Praise God. Now watch another psalmist. Another psalm. What's, what's another psalmist said? Psalm 66. Read from verse 10 to 12. But because of time, I need to close in the next five minutes. He said, you have caused men to ride over our heads. Verse 12, Psalm 66, verse 12. Look, if you don't ride, look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. If you don't ride, take control and ride, men will ride over you. Let me take it to another level. If you don't take, if you don't guard your sword upon your thigh and take control, devils will ride upon you. Poverty will ride upon you. Sickness will ride upon you. So it's either you ride or you are riding upon. Hear me and hear me very well. You either ride or men, and those are devils in operation through men, riding upon you. But thank God, even if men have ridden upon you before, the psalmist was actually testifying. You have caused men to ride upon us. We went through fire and through water. That means we went through difficult times. This is not fire of the Holy Ghost here, but fire of God. This is problem. We went through recession. We went through poverty and lack in the past. But he now said, you have brought us to rich fulfillment. Hallelujah. You ride prosperity to rich fulfillment. You ride Till you are satisfied. If you don't, you will be reading upon. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Say with me, I will ride. Say with me, I will take control. Say with me, I will guard my sword upon my thigh. Are you still with me? Let me close. The first control you must have. I'm going to give you three. The first control you must have is the faith control. The faith control. 
if you lose control of your faith, and I'm answering questions for some of you. I love that testimony we had today about that lady that had been believing God for years to get a husband. And she said she realized that she had no scripture she was standing on. And nothing happened in her life. Last year, she finally took responsibility. Got five scriptures. That is your sword upon your thigh. Took control of her destiny. By April last, um, last year, something started happening. She's getting married this June. You know this interesting part of that story? I know the story on a one basis. The guy has been in her life all her life. Since they were children. Inheritance. But when you don't have control, they will keep, he said, Galatians 4 said, they will keep your inheritance under tutors and governors. Because you are not in control. Rise on your feet. Let me close. You need the faith control. I will continue from there next week. Rise on your feet. We are closing. We've already taught you faith. We did that extensively last, last month. What wave? There was another testimony about someone that got a job through fast, Pastor Taffy sticking on faith. Take control of your faith. You know why many Christians suffer financially and materially? All these scriptures I shared about to you about your inheritance, they don't believe it. Or they don't believe it as they ought. Or they are not in control. Something bad happens financially, they stop confessing. They stop declaring. They stop riding. No. Take control. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4. He said, this gospel was preached to them as to us. But it did not profit them. I prophesy over you. This season, you will experience profiting in the name of Jesus. He said, but what Pastor T preached did not help them because they did not mix it with faith. Chapter 3, verse 19, the previous chapter. I wish I had time. Don't worry, we're going to do this a bit more next week. Just need to close. <laughs> Amen. The previous chapter, you know what he told them? He said, we see that they could not enter the rest that God promised them because of unbelief. Take control of your faith. Take control of what you believe. All these scriptures I am, how do they say, sharing, sh sharing with you. <laughs> Sharing with you. <laughs> All these things. That's what feels faith. Take control. I may not be able to control the money that comes onto my GT bank account. But I can control what I believe in my heart. No devil can control what I believe. Let me close. Three ways. Examine yourself to know whether you are in faith. Let me read that text to you again. Somebody say, take control. Take control. Take control. Tell your neighbor, take faith control. Faith control. 2 Corinthians 13.5. Remain standing. I'm closing. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Listen, if you are not in faith, the Bible says it's of faith that might be by grace. If you are not control, in control by faith, you can't enjoy these things as you ought. Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. But you are not disqualified. Can I hear loud amen? So take control of faith. How do you examine yourself? Three, three simple things. We taught all this last week. Number one, if faith is there, there will be hearing. There will be hearing. You don't guess faith. You don't assume faith. You live faith. The just shall live by faith. How do I live by faith? You keep hearing and hearing. We have a series. Media, please help me get it before I close service today. I've taught and taught and taught on how God can help you fix your financial challenges. Keep hearing the word. Keep hearing the scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Romans 10, 17. Glory be to God. Number two, there will be speaking. If you are not saying these things, confessing them, preaching them like Pastor T., Faith may not be there. Now, you don't have to be a preacher like Pastor Tio, but bless God, you can open the scriptures the preacher Pastor Tio shared with you and declare them over your life. Can I hear a loud amen? Where there is no hearing, there may be no faith. Or let me say it this way, 
Where faith is, they will be hearing. Where faith is, they will be speaking. Number three, where faith is, they will be acting. You will be doing something. So I want to submit humbly to everybody here. If you are not speaking your inheritance, no, if you are not hearing your inheritance, if you are not speaking your inheritance, your wealth and riches, and if you are not doing something, acting on your wealth and riches, you are not in control. You are not in faith control. My strong admonition to you, get these messages we've preached in church. Start hearing and hearing them. Start declaring them. And start taking steps of faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. If you are not doing what we are teaching you, if you are overriding what I'm teaching you, instead of doing what I'm teaching you, you are not in faith. Tap triple around you and tell me, tell them for me, take faith control. Take faith control. Take, take faith. Say concerning your wealth and riches, take faith control. Believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it, believe it. Hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it. Come on, somebody tell somebody, act on it, act on it, act on it. Tap your other neighbor, say, do something. Do something. Take faith control. When your faith is there, no money in your account. Oh. Don't know how you're going to pay the bill. But man, you're already on your way. But that's just the steering. Come back next Sunday, I will tell you how to control the pedals. And the upper Sunday, I will give you the third one. Lift your hands to heaven. Declare this with me. Let's start. Wealth and riches in my house. Say that over and over and again as much as you can. Wealth and riches in my house. See, when you say it, you will hear it. And you say it and hear it long enough, an idea on what to do will come up in your mind. Say it. Wealth and riches in my house. Wealth and riches. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. I'm an heir. I am loaded. I'm actually loaded. The riches of God in glory, they are mine in Christ. Keep second, talk. When you talk, you hear. When you hear and talk and hear and talk, an idea will come. Sow this seed, do this business, um, read this book, go for this seminar, hook up with this person, and then you act on those instructions. Man, you're on your way to taking control and gaining control. Wealth and riches in my house. <laughs> That's what I believe. I, I don't know about you. That's what I believe. I'm not looking at my bank account to convince me. I'm looking at the word of God. I believe the word of God. So I am hearing the word and I'm speaking the word. Wealth and riches in my house. I'll never be broke another day in my life. Take control, somebody. Take faith control. You have to believe this thing. Wealth and riches in my house. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost told me to tell you the other two controls. So those of you that can study, you can start studying. Second control, we will look at it next week. We go deeper in the faith control. Next week, the wisdom control. The wisdom control. And the third one is the praise control. If you are in control by faith, and you are in control by wisdom, and you are a praiseful person, not the person that is depressed because he just lost his job. No, you don't get this thing by being depressed. Watch out for the spirit of depression and despair. Take control. By faith. By wisdom. Here's what to do, sir. That's wisdom. I don't know what to do. You pray for it. You confess for it. You believe for it. There is what to do. Those of us that have money, we are doing something. The money is not coming from the sky. There is what to do. And you need to be in control. And then there's praise control. Not that you hear that, hey, they've laid everyone in the job, you're now crying. Mm -mm, this thing doesn't work for people that cry. It works for people that praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Even after they just lost their job. Lift those hands. Give him praise. Father, we thank you. Declare with me, I'm in faith control. I have wisdom control. And I have praise control. Over my wealth and my riches. I'm never out of faith. And you know when you're out of faith, that's unbelief. Say with me, I'm never out of wisdom. When you're out of wisdom, that is foolishness. And say with me, I'm never out of praise. When you're out of praise, that is discouragement and despair. No. Say with me, I'm in control. By faith, by wisdom, and through praise.
I give you the praise, Father. Come on, give him praise right now. Give him praise. Shanda Baba. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Take a minute and give him praise. That's how we get this thing to flow. Let the people praise thee. Let all the people praise thee. Then the earth shall yield and increase. Praise him. Give him praise. Give him praise. In the name of Jesus. A moment, just remain standing. Put your hands down. If you are in this place, you are not born again. You are not yet that child of God we spoke about. You are not yet that heir. And you know it in your heart of hearts. But you want to make a decision for Jesus today. Raise your hands sky high where you are. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.